Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will empower and inspire you. We're in week two of a three-week series entitled Unwrapping Christmas. And for those of you who are here for the first time today, our mission uh, with this series is to kind of unwrap the layers of Christmas. Like on Christmas Day, you get to unwrap your presents and to see what's beneath the tree. Well, Jesus is our gift upon a tree, a tree called Calvary. And we're trying to unwrap the gift of Christmas and to work out what Christmas is really all about. So in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. Then in verse 10, it says, When they saw that star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and they presented to him gifts of gold and incense, of frankincense, and of myrrh. This is a passage of Scripture this morning that talks to us about two kings and a search. We've got two kings, and then we have these magi who are the third character in our story, and they are on a search. I love these magi. At Christmas, they're like a preacher's gift. These magi were wise men from the East. They were astronomers. They were scientists. They were the learned people of their generation, the most educated people of the time. And the Bible tells us that not only were they highly educated, but they were stargazers. And at night, they would get outside and they would look at the stars and survey the the heavens. And one of the first great kind of breakthroughs was to map the stars. And the Bible tells us that these wise, these educated, these learned men were one day out there in the middle of the night and they were looking at the stars when suddenly something shone for them that was different from what they had ever seen before. Excuse me, these men who made it their business to explain the heavens saw something that was unexplainable. As they looked up to the heavens, they saw a new star, one they had never seen before, and it shone to them And it said to them that in the middle of what they could know and did understand, there was still something that was beyond what they had understood. There was an unexplainable star. And when they saw the star in the heavens, it's amazing that these men who had built a map for the stars saw a star that became a map for them. I love that. They were a long way away. They were in the east and they saw a star and the star said to them that if you travel in this direction, that you will find at the other end of the star one who has been born king of the Jews. And so these magi, these learned men from the east, they set off from a long way away and they began their journey to Jesus. And I love that because it doesn't matter who you are hearing this message today. If you feel like you're a long way off, just like these magi, we discover in our reading that you can set off on a journey and it's amazing how the God who looks sometimes or the connection with God that seems so far away, 
When you start off on the journey, you suddenly find that our God is amazingly close, much closer than any one of us maybe ever understood. The Magi set off on this journey and our passage records them arriving to a king by the name of Herod. They were searching for a king and they came to a king and the king's name was King Herod. And when they, when they stood before King Herod, they were searching for advice. But when they arrived to King Herod, it's amazing how many people, when you're searching for something and searching for substance in life, and I guess that's what happens to us because just like these magi, I think we're all searching. We're all searching. I mean, uh, I bet you a bunch of people before they even came to this meeting this morning already had a look at Facebook. You know, we're, we're searching. Or uh, late at night, you're looking at a travel brochure. You're searching. Or maybe you're looking at situations vacant or examining the real estate magazines looking for a place you'd rather be. Isn't that an amazing, uh, you know, marketing phrase from a place you'd rather be? And everybody's trying to sell us something. And as a result, we are a, a generation that are all about the search. We're all looking for something. And it's amazing how even in the middle of uh, a natural set of circumstances and you and me searching, you can become disquieted or, or you can find, and I know I found that in the middle of my just daily life, something appears and, and it calls to you that there is a greater reality. This star appears and somehow in the middle of the explainable, it said to these wise men from the East that there is still something that you don't know yet. And I reckon that's the same for you and me. No matter what you might have felt like you've already figured out about life, something does happen in a moment where you suddenly are faced with the thought that there is more than you know, that there is something beyond what your reason and education has revealed to you yet, that there is something beyond this natural set of experiences that make up our life, that there is perhaps even a God that is out there. And that's what happened for these magi as they began to realize there is more in my life. And so they, they arrived to King Herod and the Bible tells us that when they arrived there, they arrived searching. They arrived in the King Herod's uh, throne room and when they arrived, what, what they were presented with in that environment, my friends, I want you to know, it would have blown them away. Herod, Herod is known historically as Herod the Great, King Herod. Herod the architect and builder, Jillian and I went to Israel a couple of years ago and we saw some of the structures that Herod the Great built. They're still there today. An amazing architect, a, a ruler who ruled with an iron fist, a man who, who started at the very bottom of life but climbed all the way to the very top and he became a king. And he was able to look out and say, this is my kingdom. And, you know, Fresh Prince of Ballet suddenly jumps into my head, you know. Looked at my kingdom, I was finally there, you know. And, and he, got to, he got to look out and say, I have, I have finally arrived. And when they arrived to see him, they were literally blown away by the pomp and the ceremony and the structure and the beauty and all the, the way he was presented to everybody looked amazing. He was dressed in all the finest robes. You know, he had everything going on. On the outside, Herod looked like a king. And I think that's our struggle because we are all somewhere aware that we're searching, right? 
I think any honest person in this room would say, I, I would be truthful if I was to say, I haven't figured this life out yet. And Herod represented an image for them that for many people, that's what they aspire for, to be, to have wealth or to have, have power or to be surrounded by excess. He, he was famous and everybody would look at Herod and think that is what I need in my life. That is what I am searching for. Well, what's cool for you and me is that we get the advantage of not only looking at Herod as these wise men did, and I wanna show you how wise they were in a couple of minutes, but we get to look back and we get to see behind the surface of Herod's life. Because when you looked at Herod, and hey guys, when you and I look at the world in which we live and we see all the trappings, because every day you're presented with get rich, get wealthy, get famous, get thin, you know, like get, get, get whatever it takes to, to look the part and to be the picture that Herod was when he sat up on the throne. But we get to see beneath the surface and we discover looking backward about Herod that Herod was not a man at peace within himself. He was, he was chronically depressed. He was, he was paranoid in the very heart of who he was. Herod was deeply troubled every day that even though he was the king, that nobody really cared about him and nobody loved him. Herod concocted a plan that on the day that he died, he asked his successors to kill every other noble in Israel so that even if they didn't mourn his death, they would mourn every other noble's death and so then the history books would later record that there was great mourning for Herod when he died. Now, fortunately, sanity prevailed and they didn't carry out his instructions. But you get the picture, don't you, of a guy who on the outside, you would think, that's what I really need. Yet we discover that when we get beneath the surface, all that glitters is not gold, right? That you can look on the outside like you've got it all and find that even in the middle of it, that what we really crave in our hearts to find love and acceptance and man, just an internal sense of peace that no money can deliver it. Herod had it all. He was not only depressed, but man, he was paranoid. He, he was so worried about somebody else rising up against him and taking his place that he had his own wife killed because he was worried she wasn't on his side, you know? I'm so grateful to be confident that my wife is on my side. I'm not sure about a lot of things, but I'm pretty sure she's on my side, right? Well, Herod is like, you know, in, in that one, you know, because she's a threat. I mean, what a messed up dude. Yet you don't have to look too far to find somebody who on the outside looks like they've got it all, but on the inside, stuff's not right, right? And these wise men, stood in front of Herod, and this is what I want you to hear, that wise men stood in front of Herod and all of his wealth and accomplishments and power and things that he'd done with his life couldn't stop this curveball arriving to him. King Herod, yet they said, where is the one who has been born king? What I love about that man is that Jesus, just by his birth, reversed the natural order. I mean, a, a king who had worked and manipulated and killed people and 
and, you know, gone after it with everything, with no moral compass, with everything thrown aside, just in pursuit of living the dream, of becoming the king, still finds himself with these magi declaring that somewhere around where you are, pal, there is a baby in a manger, and just because he's born, the script just got flipped. Everything is rewritten now just because Jesus was born. And what we discover about Herod is that he didn't wear king very well. And you and I, when we're aiming for the wrong things in life, just like Herod, we discover that things that we're not graced to wear, that we're not supposed to carry, they don't sit on us very well. Yet we discover about Jesus that He wore king very well. That Jesus was able not only to carry His own burden and to stay you know, together on the inside, but He invites you and me to bring to Him our burdens. He said, come to me, everybody who's weak and heavy laden, heavy laden, and I'm gonna give you rest. Learn from my example, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, there is a king to whom we can come at Christmas. His star does appear and call to us at Christmas. Have you ever been in the middle of the Christmas journey, the Christmas story and you know, in the middle of this buildup and this crazy time, I've got the most impossible deadlines. How about you right now? I mean, I literally got up yesterday morning. I started work at 5 a.m. I finished at 5.56. I jumped in my car and drove to Jeff Stanway's 40th birthday party. It was an awesome delight. But you know, we're doing the big hours. I'm sure you are. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are just like under the grind, trying to get it done. Everybody wants it done by Christmas. Why? Nobody knows, but we gotta get it done by Christmas. We're we're gonna kill ourselves in the boot up to Christmas. It's just what we do, you know. Why do you need the deck built by Christmas? We just do, you know, like everything's gotta be done. I, I'm the same. I'm ringing up my lawnmower man going, make it mowed by Christmas, you know. And he's like, I'm busy. I'm like, I don't care, you know. I just, we're all wanted done by Christmas. And so Christmas is busy, you know. And isn't it amazing that when Jesus was born, he was born uh, at a time of census. And for those of you who are new to this church deal, uh, when there was a census in Israel, it meant you had to go back to your own hometown. And you know, no matter where you're from, you know, whether it be from Kaitaia or uh, where you're from, James Popongapond from Pongaroa. Uh, Popongapond is from, uh, you know, Harry McCleary from Donaldson's Dairy. And, uh, <laughs> You know, whether, whether you're from, you know, Waikikamukau or Wanui Yamada or whether you're, you know, whether you're from Belcluth or Agor, it's amazing how at Christmas time, we've all got to travel back to where we came from too. So, you know, like, like we've got busy work schedules and we also can empathize with these magi and with Joseph and Mary that the hotels are packed out and the shopping malls are full. The airports are a disaster. The roads are all gridlock. You can't find a car park. You know, you can't find a car park. Vote for a new council. I think it might be the only way we get a car park. But anyway, I'm just, I'm just saying it's a bit crazy out there. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Bit of a political statement, trying to move on beyond it. Um, and, and, and for the Magi, it was busy. You know, for you and me, it's busy. Yet isn't it amazing how in the middle of all of that, there is just this feeling like two kings and a star. Do you know what I mean? Like there is this feeling like in me, I, I always get to this end part of the year and something just beats in here. 
Uh, 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 maybe it's introspection. I don't think so. I think it's the nature of Christmas. That about this time of year, something calls to me that goes, well, well, well what is this all about? And what is your life counting for? And is there a God? I call it the star, but it's that feeling inside that there's something more. It's the unexplainable. It's when you look at your child when they're asleep at night and you think there is no way that you are a random or an accident, but there's gotta be a loving God who made you. It's when you look at the love of people around you and think there's gotta be a God who made this feeling called love. It's when something begins to yearn to you beyond your natural understanding to say, wow, that is not chance or random or accident. And an uncynical heart is one that always just has that feeling like there's a star, there's something. And these magi found themselves you know, on their way towards where the star was leading them. They found themselves in front of Herod. And th- I guess that's our first stop too because there's so much put in front of you that says, Herod is your king. Herod is your king. Go after money and go after power and go after fame. And if we could just get, you know, all the Christmas presents and we could afford that by next year. And if we could just, you know, fix this in my life and if more people knew who I was, if I just had more followers on Instagram, then my life would somehow have meaning. And man, we all realize that the getting doesn't get you what you want and the followers don't give you the feeling of love that you need. And And not all that glitters is gold, right? And in the middle of it all, we start to realize that Herod wasn't living a life that was gonna quench the search for the star. And for you and me, there's something beyond what we've got right now that you're not gonna find in a king's palace. And what's amazing about these these shepherds, I love this because they, they quit on Herod's palace And they continued on their journey till they found a baby in a manger. I love that because we've got a king on his throne who's presented to us in pomp and ceremony and one to whom we bow and give dignity and honour. And we've got a baby in a manger who's not wrapped in robes but rags, one who's not displayed in dignity but in humility, one who doesn't have pomp and ceremony, but just has, has the most base of circumstances. Herod is surrounded by bodyguards and royal uh, you know, servants and seraphs and serfs, but we've got, we've got Jesus and He's surrounded by a carpenter, by a shepherds and by a teen mum, you know? And we've got Jesus in the most base of circumstances. And you know, you can look at that and Christmas sometimes can be a little bit confusing. If you're, if you're still searching for your star today, or maybe even you you're already feel like you found the star, like you've got God already. When you look at Christmas and you look at Jesus, it's a lot to get your head around because you start looking at the, at, at the picture of a baby and you think, how can that be God? And that's the problem because Herod punches you in the face, just stares at you. It's everywhere you see. Is a material, physical, present message 
get more, do more, be bigger, achieve more wealth, get more stuff, life will be better. Wow, look at them, more people know them, their life is better than yours. Presented at you is just so hard that maybe we've never stopped to question whether that's real. Jesus comes to us as a baby in a manger. And you're like, how, how is that? Well, you know, when you, when you really start to think about it, it's the only way that makes sense. How, how can Herod presents himself on a throne to be worshipped and adored Jesus presents himself in a manger as a baby, the most humblest form possible. Why? God isn't climbing to a throne at Christmas so that we can worship him. He left his throne at Christmas so that we could know him. Herod sits on his throne and asks us to bow so that we can lift him up. Jesus left his throne at Christmas and bowed to our level to lift us up. Herod wants your respect so that you can honor and give dignity to him. God wants you and I to connect with him at Christmas so that he can give us honor, and dignity. He presents himself not as the highest, but as the lowest, so that you and I can understand that no matter how low you are, you matter to God. That no matter what the deficiencies you feel in your kind of analysis of whether you're successful or achieving stuff or to be valued, God says, I came down as the lowest of the low to demonstrate that you all matter to me, that I care about each and every one of you. You're all significant in my eyes. Nobody's a leftover, nobody's a reject. I'm not here trying to make you a king on a throne. I'm here trying to show you the person that you are, no matter where you are already. In other words, with God, you don't achieve your way to significance. Your significance leads you to achieve something truly meaningful with your life. There's a big difference between success and significance, right? We understand that, that you can get a lot of money and your life doesn't count for nothing, but you can also spend your life about something significant and nobody might ever get to know who you ever are or what you've ever accomplished with your life. And Jesus came down to demonstrate for you and me that He is not a king who presents Himself as a king that just wants to be worshipped, but He's given a title that's much greater than king. And every service this series, we're given a new name to Jesus. And we talked last week about Emmanuel and our everlasting Father. Well, here's our name for this week and we saved it till the end. Jesus is the king. King of kings. The King of kings. Yeah, that's worthy of a clap, I reckon. Why is that so amazing? Because He's not the King of servants. He's not the King of serfs. He's the King who reaches down, finds a sinner and makes them a saint. 
He's the, per, he's the God who reaches down and finds somebody like they're, that feels like they're at the bottom of the pile. And He says, no, I'm not the King of servants. I'm the King of kings. In other words, you matter to God. You're a king and a priest and you're a, 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 a prince and a princess. And God cares about each and every one of us uniquely, singularly, specifically. He cares about you and me. What I love about these Magi is they saw Herod. They knew that there was something more. And I reckon there's a lot of people out there who know that there is something more to be lived for, something more to find than just what you get presented with in this busy, crazy Christmas season. They started their journey, but they didn't let the clutter cloud it out. You know what I mean? They went beyond Herod. And they found the baby in the manger. And the Bible says that it was when they found Jesus in that manger that they decided to bow and they decided to worship. I've been a worshiper of Jesus for 23 years, 25 years of my life. Let's get that right. It's like one of those things that the longer... I've been following God, the more sense it makes. It's amazing. Because He stoops down, not to crush you down, but He comes down at Christmas to lift us up. When these magi got to Jesus, the, the Bible tells us that they, they not only arrived to Him, but they presented him with gifts. They worshiped him. And I wanna to talk to you about these three gifts. I've long been a fan of these three gifts. And at Christmas time, I think about them every single year. So I apologize if you've been around our church for a while, you probably heard me talk about them, but you probably need to hear me talk about them again. Because at Christmas, these magi, when they came to the King of Kings, they came to the King of Kings, and this is what I want you to understand. If, if I can get one thought through to you from this message, this is it. Nobody wears king well except for the king of kings. When he's allowed to be our king, that's when everything about life makes sense. We don't have to be overwhelmed by life's circumstances. I'm not belittling what you're going through. I'm really not. But what I am saying is that there is one who asks us to present to Him our lives and what we're going through. And when we do, He is the one who carries that yoke, that burden, and He carries it real well. So they came to Jesus and they brought to Him three specific gifts. They brought to Him their gold, their frankincense, and their myrrh. And maybe you've never really understood this before. Maybe you've just heard the, so the songs, you know, we three kings from Orient are traveling gifts, we come from afar, you know, and never really understood what this golden frankincense and myrrh is really all about. Well, let me tell you what it represented for them. Their gold was their gold, right? Now that one, everybody got clear the moment I said it. And, and rest easy and we're not taking up, you know, an offering or anything like that, okay? But, you know, the gold in our lives is a picture for you and for me of the stuff that we've accumulated because of the successes that we've been blessed with. In other words, your gold represents your success, your success. It's the things that Herod 
clung to that the wise men surrendered to the king of kings. Herod said, I am Herod the great. The wise men said, there is only one who is great. And for you and for me, the best way we can navigate the successes of our lives is to turn success into worship, to recognize that, yeah, you're gonna do some great stuff with your life and God wants you to do great things with your life. But we don't take those great things and cause them to become reasons for other people to bow to us. We take the successes of our lives and the way we handle success with sanity is we take success and we recognize the one who gives us the ability to do the things that we did anyway. This would have blessed Herod and man, this would have blessed you and me if we could realize today that we need to take the good things that we've been able to accomplish and turn them into a reason for thanksgiving and say, thank you God that you gave me life and health and bless me and enable me and I give it back to you and say, thank you because you are good and you do good. Does anybody believe that about God today? The second thing that they brought to God was they brought to Jesus their frankincense or their incense. And this speaks to us of our intellect or our mind, our reason. And this is amazing because frankincense was the scientific breakthrough of their generation. It was like coming to somebody today and saying, hey, I'm gonna give you the formula to split the atom or to, to, to decipher DNA or whatever is the latest and the greatest. I hope I'm not behind. I am behind. But anyway, you know, it, they came to Jesus and they said, here is the latest and greatest scientific chemical breakthrough. We have created frankincense and they presented it to Jesus and they said, you know what? We are not about honoring just what our mind can accomplish. We recognize that above and beyond our intellect, there is a God. And you know, the smartest thing that can keep you sane is to realize that no matter how bright you are, there's a God. And I don't know about you, but I found that the closer I get to, to knowledge in my life, the more I realize that there is a giver of knowledge. And these wise men took their rationale and they presented it to God. Imagine if Herod had done that. The Bible encourages you and I with an amazing piece of advice. It says, don't, don't let your mind get consumed with fret and worry. In other words, don't take this mind and just try to ruminate your way out of every problem. Don't be stupid. You don't switch off your brain to become a Christian. But this is what you do do. Instead of fretting and worrying, pray. Because when you pray, you take your mind and your intellect and you present it to God. And the Bible says this, and I've experienced it. I reckon a lot of people here have. It says the peace of God that transcends your ability to think is gonna come into all that troubling emotion you're experiencing because of your thoughts, and it's gonna settle you down. It's gonna provide a peace that goes beyond your natural understanding. I, I have been long trying to keep this a mental discipline, that God is smarter than my mind. And the greatest thing that I can do is to surrender my thoughts and my mind to Him. The third thing that these uh, 
wise men brought to God. And this Christmas, I reckon this would be something applicable for a bunch of people hearing this today, is they brought to Jesus their myrrh. Now, myrrh is a substance used for one purpose, embalming the dead. They brought to Jesus all the things in their life that had caused them pain. And you know, I know that a lot of people in this service today will have had a great year, but I also know a lot of people in this service today have been this year through some kind of tragedy and loss. And one of the smartest things you can ever do is to bring what's been broken in your life to Jesus. Because here's the thing, when I nurse my hurts, I don't tend to make them better. When I carry my burdens, they never become lighter. But when Jesus has given my burdens, He takes my burden, we sing around here, and He makes me light. He takes my pain, and He gives me hope. He takes our grief, and He does bring joy. And if things in your life have been really tough this year, then don't you make the mistake and blame God for something that you've gone through. If you've been weeping, God's been weeping with you. If you've been hurting, God hurts. If you're in pain, God's in pain. God loves you. He cares about you. But you know what he's saying? He's saying to you and me, would you give that pain to God? Herod didn't wear king well, and you don't wear king well either. But when we come to the king of kings with our gold, with our frankincense, and yeah, with our myrrh too, he carries our burdens. He sets the captives free. He brings life and he brings freedom. And I promise you, He can bring freedom to you today. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor John Cameron. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church, check out arisechurch.com or find us on YouTube.